The gift for me with these autoimmune conditions is that I have to slow down. And when I slow down, I my body responds really well to that. My flares are much worse. And I, for the most part, feel really, really good. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and I'm so excited for our next guest. She is a functional medicine certified health coach. She's one of the world's first national board certified health and wellness coaches and the founder of Root of Wellbeing, which I love, love, love that title. Welcome, Heather Artema. Thank you. I'm just delighted to be here. Thanks so much. So tell us, I know that you have had your own share of health struggles, and I feel like everybody who's so passionate about health and wellness, they themselves started with some kind of issue that they've kind of figured out, and now they want to share that with the world. So talk to us about your own personal experience and how that led to the start of Root of Wellbeing. Well, you, that's totally my story. So I spent 20 years in corporate America and I enjoyed what I did. I got to travel all over the world. I got to really do some challenging and some fun work, but I always knew that I just wanted something more. So it was good. It was good work. I give my corporate experience a B, but I wanted an A. And I remember talking to my colleagues, thinking and saying, gosh, like what, what else do you think there is? What else can we do? And it was not until my health taint, <laughs> really, truly, and not until I got through that experience that I knew without a doubt I had to get into the health and wellness world, that that is definitely where I belonged. So what happened with you physically? Like what were some of your ailments that you've kind of helped figure out? Sure. So I have three autoimmune conditions and, you know, really, truly, I, I started having health issues in high school, but I really, I, you know, I had indigestion. And so my parents just thought I was being rude at the dinner table, you know, and just, I, I didn't realize that, that, um, it was really due to the foods that I was eating and, and how those foods were reacting in my body. And so my first autoimmune disease that was diagnosed was rheumatoid arthritis, and that was in my early 30s. And then I was diagnosed with another one called psoriasis in my early 40s. And then we realized that this whole time I had had something called Sjogren's, and I've had that for decades and decades. And so those, those were the autoimmune conditions that, um, well, those are the ones that I have, you know, you can look at my, my thyroid numbers and you can be like, well, but I, I'm just, I'm going to stick with three. That's what I'm going to say I have. <laughs> okay. And tell me, I haven't heard of Sjogren's. Tell me a little bit about what that is. Sure. So dry eyes, dry mouth. I mean, it was both my dentist and my eye doctor that 
really freaked out on me saying, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. How dry, how it's, it's systematic. It's throughout the body. Uh, for me, it's called a secondary Sjogren's because I have rheumatoid arthritis. And so typically when you have, when they come together, uh, the secondary Sjogren's, the symptoms are not as bad if, if, you know, because it's secondary, if it were primary, if you didn't have the rheumatoid arthritis, the Sjogren's symptoms can be a lot worse. Really, really miserable, super dry mouth. My mouth gets dry, but it's not, it's, it's, I can handle it. When I, when I meet people that have the really bad symptoms, I, gosh, they just, it's, it's awful. Yeah. So, so it's like dry eyes, dry as mouth, difficulty swallowing, the tear glands. Yes. Yes. Yeah, anywhere, yeah, anywhere you where you want to create moisture in your body, that's that's impacted. And also um, things that come along are like the chronic sinusitis and GERD and some so when I got Sjogren's, it actually kind of connected a lot of my really random symptoms that I had for basically ever. And so so that one was the one that tied it all together in a neat bow. <laughs> so I've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis. So all three of those myself. Um, so um, <clears throat> if you had to, like for someone who has autoimmune disease, what would you say that for overall wellness, what would be some of the keys that you would say, here's my top three things I look at for overall wellness when someone has autoimmune issues? Well, autoimmune, okay, here's the gift. And not only did I change my career and switch out a career for a calling, I mean, that's really, truly the gift. However, uh, the gift is that I slowed down. So I'm an extrovert. I'm a type A person. I go, go, go. I'm an eye on disc. I'm an enthusiast on the Enneagram. I love being with people. And I love just that constant go, go, go. My mom used to say to me when I was a child and when I was a teenager, Oh, Heather, you're going to burn the candle at both ends. You better be careful. <laughs> and I just, I feed off of others. And so the gift for me with these autoimmune conditions is that I have to slow down. Mm-hmm. And when I slow down, I my body responds really well to that. My flares are much worse. And I, for the most part, feel really, really good. When I slow down, it's all about self-preservation. And so I had to sell myself on that though, because I didn't want to stop socializing as much as I was and working as hard as I, as I was. But when I started to slow down, uh, things just, my body responded so well that I, I wanted to keep going with that. Mm. So in my newest edition of my book, I just wrote my second edition and I added 200 additional pages to my first book. Because I just kept, you know, you know, you have more information. You're like, I want to say this. I want to say this. And so I talk about how people don't need to deprive themselves, but they do need to have red light, yellow light, and green light foods. And I don't tell you what those red light, yellow light, green light foods are. You have to decide them for yourself of what is it that your body responds to and not. So for you, what are your red light foods that you just go, my body does not respond well when I eat this or yellow light. I don't feel great, but I'm not on the floor dying. And then what are some of your green light foods where you're like, man, if I eat this, I feel like 10 million bucks. (laughs) Sure. So I don't want to stress anybody out because my list of red light foods is pretty large. But 
for me, that large list creates so much freedom. And I'll explain, I'll explain in a second. So red light foods, I do not touch, do not touch gluten. I do not touch dairy. Yes, it just, these things, yes, they're delicious, but I stay 100%, no desire. I, if, there was, if there was a plate of donuts right here that had gluten in them, I just now, because I'm so used to this, new, this approach to eating, it's been about eight years, I see that plate of donuts as poison because that's what it is in my body. Uh, and because now I know how to make a really delicious gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free donut, and it won't make me sick. And so that I have these options now. So rather- oh, And that, somebody had said something to me and it was so good. They said, you know, when you get to the point that you feel so sick when you eat it, then your motivation to eat that food is way down here because you're like, if I eat this, I'm going to be so sick. There's no reason for me to do it. But until you get to the point where you realize this makes me so ill when I eat it, there's no reason for me to. And as that goes up, your temptation to eat the food is like this. And same thing with gluten. Like my, my husband will say like, if you want to just put Chantal straight in bread, bed, give her a piece of Wonder Bread. She will be down for the count. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm with you on that. For sure. Well, I remember back in my corporate days, we would always have bagels on Monday mornings, donuts on Fridays, and there was always food. I mean, there was a hot chocolate machine with marshmallows. They wanted to treat us well and incentivize us. Mm. And I just remember thinking, you know, after there was like a big pizza party one day and we had a big meeting and there were 20 of us sitting around a table and everybody's sitting there like this, barely able to hold up their heads because maybe, maybe gluten, you know, gluten impacts us all differently, but for most people, it's going to make you feel a little more sluggish and want to take that afternoon nap. And I was not eating those foods and I was the only one with pep and zest and energy while everybody, and I just thought, wow. So I went to the CEO who is just a phenomenal person. And I said, listen, Lisa, do you think that you could bring in some organic blueberries, organic raspberries, strawberries, just stop at Whole Foods on the way in instead of these donuts or instead of these bagels? And uh, because she was doing, this was a gift from her. This was something she wanted to do for the company. And she did it. And it was great. And she did it twice. And I will tell you, the bowl of organic berries went faster than the donuts. And the bagels, because people got excited about that. But so anyway, back to the red light foods, I will say, I absolutely red light, the, the gluten, the dairy, legumes, I stay away from nightshades, 100%, the tomatoes, the white potatoes, it's hard, I'm Irish, so I used to think I needed to have a white potato every day in my diet. Uh, but those, those are, the yeah, definitely the ones I stay away from. And what about yellow light foods? Like for me, a yellow light food is quinoa. Like I don't feel great if I eat a ton of like a huge bowl of it, but if I eat a little bit, I feel fine. What yeah. would yellow light foods be for you? So I could do a little bit of quinoa as well. And uh, here's, you know, what I, I know I react, but I love sushi, love sushi. So I will, and I, I used to get it more often, but I will do sushi maybe once a quarter. Not very often, but I will have that white rice. But what will happen to me? I will eat that sushi. My wedding band within 20 minutes will get really tight. And if I get on the scale the next day, 
which I've learned to not do because there's no point. I already know what's going to happen. I will gain two or three pounds. And that is from the, the rice. So rice is a yellow food for me, but I'm not giving up sushi. And I tried sashimi. It's just not the same. So the, the white rice, I will also say the two other things I love. I love plantain chips. I love the salty crunch. And I buy the plantain chips that are made with uh, coconut oil. So as healthy as, as can be. But I find myself sometimes using the plantain chips uh, to feed, you know, maybe I'm not hungry, but it's more of an emotional need and I'm using them to kind of work through whatever I need to work through. So those are more of a yellow light food for me because I realize I have a more of an emotional relationship with those foods. You know, my personal trainer is so funny. He always says he doesn't eat sushi that often, but he says when he eats sushi, he guarantees will gain and he's a bigger guy, but he says he guarantees he'll gain four pounds the next day. But do you not think, do you use um, soy sauce in your sushi? Uh, no, so I- Or like gluten-free soy sauce even? I don't, I don't. Um, I, I bring coconut aminos with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually, I'm sorry, my phone is going. Uh, I actually take a bottle of coconut aminos to the restaurant they used to carry coconut aminos. They don't anymore. I stay away from soy um, pretty much. So I don't I do not do the soy sauce because of the wheat. I don't do the tamari. And the coconut aminos, to me, is close enough to uh, close enough that it's still yeah. delicious in its own way that that's what I bring. But I do think it's, I think the coconut aminos or the eat gluten-free soy sauce or regular soy sauce, I think that has a lot to do with the weight gain because I think it just has so much salt in it that kind of helps you retain water. So I think that's the combination of what it is when people say, oh, I gained weight. Because I've heard that several times. They're like, what? I went and ate sushi and I've gained so much weight. But I think it's, I mean, those, even the coconut aminos has a lot of sodium in it and you could kind of get with that. Um, well, so tell us a little bit about, I ask all my guests this, walk me through a day in the life of Heather. So like, what is it that you do kind of breakfast, lunch, dinner? What does that day look like for you? A sample, like what'd you do yesterday? Absolutely. So I, I like to intermittent fast. And when I first started intermittent fasting, I thought, well, maybe I'll just do it twice a week. But I realized that I felt so much better on the days that I did it, that I do it seven days a week now. And so yesterday, pretty typical day, I had a few meetings in the morning and then I left. I like to walk a lot. So before the autoimmune diseases really hit, I like to do half Ironman and marathons and I was a runner and I did all of those things. I don't do those things anymore. So now I am a walker, I do yoga, and I mountain bike. Those are my three things. And so I left yesterday for my walk without, I had my liquid, so I had my tea, I had some bone broth, I had some water, uh, but then I took my walk, and I walk five miles around a pretty lake, come home, and then I eat. And so I'm, I, um, I really like to keep things simple and I like to get rid of the clutter. And so to me, a lot of choices really represents clutter and makes things kind of complicated. So I, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. It just makes things easier. And that way I'm spending less time in the kitchen making food, even though I like to eat food and I like to eat healthy food. I don't like to spend a lot of time making it. And so every day I have two eggs, 
I uh, have a bok choy or whatever whatever vegetable I have in the fridge. So either it's chopped cabbage, it's bok choy, uh, that's steamed with the eggs, and then a whole avocado. So that is my breakfast or my, my meal number one. And usually I have that meal number one around 12, 1230. And it's delicious. It's filling. I, um, I'll grab a huge handful, huge handful. I have small hands, but I grab a huge handful of blueberries because I like to end meals with something sweet. And so I don't, um, and I know that about myself and it's okay. And so I feel like it, if I'm opting for something healthy and sweet, why not? It's going to help me get through the rest of my day. And there's so many other benefits to, to what I'm choosing. So that was my, my meal number one yesterday. And then meal number two, we ended up doing tacos. And I, so I'm great, pretty much grain free. I don't do corn, but I found a new taco shell or new to me. And I love it. It's the Siete brand of taco shells. Have you had them? Yeah, they're great. Oh, wow. So just in the last two months, we have introduced taco shells to our family. I have two kids, they're seven and nine. And so now we have tacos. So we had the taco shells with some ground bison. Because we don't do dairy, I made a cauliflower cheese sauce a few days ago. So we had the cauliflower cheese sauce. We had chopped romaine, blueberries, and guacamole. So that was our dinner. Super yummy. Everybody liked it. And then we had watermelon for desserts. I'm definitely, I don't want anybody to feel deprived. And so I'm always looking for things that will uh, make us feel like, yeah, this is yummy and delicious and we're full. That's awesome. Well, let's jump right into the, oh, let me ask you this. So with eggs, you feel great on eggs? You know, I took them out for nine months, brought them back in and did not really notice anything. And so I thought might as well just keep eggs in my diet because it's, it's, um, the, the only little tiny symptom I notice is maybe I have a little bit of stuffiness, but if I have the eggs in the morning, by the time I'm going to sleep, it doesn't impact my sleep. So eggs, eggs for me are okay so far. I feel like you and I are just like the one person, like we <laughs> just like have all the same. So I took out eggs. I actually took one of those food allergy tests. It said I was highly allergic to eggs. So I took eggs out. And then one day, I don't know, I was just craving eggs. So I like put it back in and I was like, hmm, I feel okay. So I don't eat them a lot. I kind of, I only eat them because I still am not sure. Like, I don't know if I'm going to feel great or not feel great. So I actually eat them like like on a Sunday when I don't really have anything else to do that day. So like if for some reason I ate them and I wasn't feeling good, I could like go lay down, but I'm not going to eat them when like I have like big day plan, lots of meetings. I've got to be high energy. I'm just not going to take that chance because I'm not a hundred percent sure how my body's going to process eggs right now, but okay. I am eating them right now. But do you um, notice a difference? So we have backyard chickens. We live in Colorado and we are yeah. so we can have our backyard chickens and they eat our compost. And so they, um, <laughs> they get a lot of really good, healthy scraps, organic, just everything is really good. So sometimes I wonder, you know, you can buy organic at the store, which is great or pasture raised and so forth. Uh, but I will kind of do, I'll do a little test of our backyard chicken eggs, looking at the yolks and then looking at the yolks of the other eggs. And I, there is a little bit of a difference. Um, so sometimes just the quality of the eggs too might, might make a difference. One of my friends owns something called the farm life and she has a farm and she has like, I don't know, 50 chickens. Um, and she just literally has 
all these eggs. And I think she charges like $6.99 for a dozen. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I'm going to start getting those and seeing, you know, how I feel with those eggs. And she, she feeds them all organic feed versus, of course, I'm buying organic eggs, but from Whole Foods, but you know, that's yeah. So let me ask you, I want to talk to you about the stress factor, because it's so funny that you said that, because obviously, you know, I've got a lot of moving parts. And I feel like when I go on vacation, whenever I go on vacation, like my psoriasis is better, I'm feeling better. And, you know, so I feel like that stress has so much to do with autoimmune issues. Um, Talk to me about when you saw that shift of how much of an impact do you think stress really has on autoimmune? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I I can tell you my personal experiences. So where I see stress manifesting the most in my life and in my clients' lives are it's in the head, it's in the heart, it's in the kitchen, really, truly. And so stress in the head, these are the thoughts that you're having that are just heavy and pulling you down. And if my husband and I don't get along, if we have some kind of disagreement that, and I don't feel like it's resolved, I will get a rheumatoid arthritis flare in my left shoulder. And it will, it, I'll have to have my sling on and I'll say, look, look what you did, you know, because we didn't talk through whatever we needed to talk through. And so we both learned because my body is so sensitive that we both have slowed down. And when, when we have something, if we have something that we need to work through, we're calmer about it. And because we have to be, because my, my body will react. So that's, that it's just really important to keep that stress low. I'll give you another example. Yesterday, when I was walking my dog, those, those five miles, those 12,000 steps, I got a call from my husband and he said, our son is okay, but uh, the school just called and I had ignored the school calling me because I was on the phone with somebody else. And uh, the school called, the paramedics are there. There's uh, five, there's fire trucks, there's an ambulance. Uh, our son has not had a concussion, um, but he's got a huge gash in his head and he needs to go to the hospital. And so I said, okay. And he's like, I'm on my way. And I said, all right, I'm not going to worry because he's with the best of the best. And prior to learning the stress reduction techniques that I know now, I would have gotten all, all stressed out. I probably would not have been able to have this conversation today because sometimes my rheumatoid arthritis flares happen in my jaw and I can't open my mouth very well and I can't talk and the headache and so forth. But because I knew I had an option, I could blow it. I could blow it out of proportion because when you don't know the whole story, that's usually what we do. Or I could stay calm, know he was with good care, care, caretakers and be really be 100% when he got home. And that's what I chose to do. So when my son came home, I was here, gave him a big hug, gave him the attention he needed. But so that's, that's stress, right? I, I, it could have shown up in my body because of the thoughts that I could have chosen to have, but because I chose to stay calm about it, I didn't get sick. So that's kind of the stress in the head, stress, stress in the heart, I really feel I got so many flares, rheumatoid arthritis flares, the, sh- the um, psoriasis and so forth in my corporate days because I really wasn't fulfilled and I was really kind of bored. And so when you, to me, that's a recipe for disaster because you're just kind of sitting there waiting for things to happen. But when you can focus on something, 
outside of yourself and really, really, truly feel fulfilled, you almost don't have time to be stressed out anymore or to respond to stress that you are creating and manifesting yourself. So that's why I see, I see stress in the head, stress in the heart, stress in the kitchen to me really, truly are just the foods that are going to cause havoc in my body. So we got rid of all of those things so that it was a safe place. That's how I do stress. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch the thin eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantelRayWay.com video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantalRayway.com slash coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. This first one's from Maggie in Dover. It says, I try to eat clean most of the time and I keep my fridge stocked with organic fruits and vegetables and lean grass-fed meats, but I just can't seem to give up processed snacks. I love sitting on my couch watching reality TV and munching on Cheez-Its, even though I know they're probably the worst thing for me. How can I retrain my body not to crave these things? Oh my gosh. I love how genuine and sincere she is. That's fantastic. All right. First off, I would say, can you make a simple change? Can you substitute those Cheez-Its for another processed food that is not not so harsh on the body. Do you know the brand Simple Mills? They have yes, some great- I love those. Yes, right? So don't buy the Cheez-Its because that's kind of poison. Instead, buy the Simple Mills or buy another brand like that and just make that, make that substitution. That would be step number one. Um, and not have the Cheez-Its in the house so that when you are looking for that snack because you want to veg out on the couch, you've got a healthier option. I would also say, um, you know, uh, what is her name again? Um, her name is, let me look it up, Maggie. Maggie I would, okay, I would say, Maggie, what I would ask yourself, and I would be compassionate and gentle, but I would ask yourself, what are you escaping from? Because really what Maggie is doing is she's using two buffers. She's using TV to buffer herself from something, and she's using the food that she sets to buffer herself from something. And it's okay. We all do that. But when we can get honest about, well, I've got these buffers, then it's it's knowledge and knowledge is power. And then maybe she won't need the cheese so much. And maybe she just has one buffer instead of two. Yeah. And I love those almond flour crackers they have. They are delicious. If you don't have an allergy to 
uh, dairy. Their farmhouse cheddar crackers are absolutely delicious. Every once in a while, I might have like five of those and I don't feel terrible. Um, but I try not to stay, I try to stay away from them. They need to come up with a dairy free, um, yes. but I love the ones. I just love the plain ones. Those are just delicious. Yes. And I'll make like a different, I'll make a great dip for myself. Um, or just guacamole and like dip those plain ones in guacamole. It's to die for. There's a vegan butter that um, is paleo. It uh, doesn't have any industrial seed oils. And uh, we will dip those those crackers in the vegan butter. It's a Greek brand. I, it starts with an M. If it comes to me, I'll tell you. But um, sometimes it's fun to dip something in, into something kind of cold and cheese-esque as well. <laughs> yeah. And in... In my new second edition of my book, I talk about this example of Pavlov's dog. And what he they did was, they, with Pavlov, they said, we're going to show the dog food, right? And the dog would start to salivate. And then they would say, now let's do a bell. Well, when they did the bell, there was no response. So then they started doing the bell and the food, and then the dog would salivate. Mm-hmm. And soon after doing that over and over again, they just did the bell and then the dog would salivate. And so the whole point is, is that she's saying, how do I retrain my body not to crave these things? And part of that is she's got an association, which a lot of people do. I have so many people who come to me and say, when I go on the couch, literally, it's like that Pavlov's dog. I sit on the couch. My body is thinking that the the thing is ringing and my body starts salivating and I want food because you've trained your body that when you sit on the couch and when you're watching TV, I've got to have a processed snack. And that's where you've got to really retrain your body by doing some different things by saying, okay, guess what? I'm going to watch TV but I'm going to watch it upstairs in my bed and my bed is off limits to watch, to having any snacks, something like that to kind of retrain her body. Right. You have to interrupt that connection. Yeah. The neuroplasticity. I love and that. Totally. Totally. And so interrupting that connection, it, it's, um, so have you heard of the promises and consequences? That's, that's something that I, so I was eating. Say that, that again. Say that again. Sure. Promises and consequences. Mm. Uh, this is a technique uh, somebody told me about, and I really like it a lot. Uh, I was eating the plantain chips every single day. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to be so reliant on, on this food, even though it's healthier. I, I still don't want to be so reliant. And so what I did, and this was the best for me and for my psychology, this was the best thing ever. So I told myself, okay, if I have the plantain chips that I don't want to have, that I want to try and stop eating, and I'm promising myself that I'm not going to, then my consequence is, so if I break my promise to myself, my consequence is I can't have the organic blueberries that I like more than anything in the world tomorrow. What I found out when I did this experiment with myself is that I actually like organic blueberries better than the planting chips. So when I found myself going into the kitchen and grabbing the bag of planting chips, I realized, oh my gosh, if I eat these, I can't have blueberries tomorrow. And how am I going to finish my breakfast if I don't have that huge handful of blueberries? I'm going to really feel like I'm going without. And so it's, you know, if you want to, it's a tool that gives you two two opportunities to really honor your intentions. So you can make that promise to yourself, but still, if you break the promise, 
you have another opportunity to really kind of really fulfill the, the consequence. And then it's still, you know, you can still have respect. Well, you know, I had the plantain chips, so I won't have the blueberries. And so the consequence has to be something that, that you, you don't want to give up. And it's something in your life and it's something that you like. If you're giving up something that you don't want to do anyway, then it's not going to work. But for me, that was a tool uh, to kind of interrupt this, this relationship I had with these chips that I didn't want to have. I love it. This next one is from Dana in Manitoba. Like these people live in the strangest cities. Like, have you ever heard of Manitoba? Is it Manitoba Springs? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's amazing. Help. I love this question. It's so honest. Help. I think I'm destined to be a quitter. Every few months, I promise myself I'll start a workout routine and stick to it. I'll do really well for about three weeks, but then I'll miss a couple workouts and decide I've already it. Anyway, so I might as well just quit completely. How can I overcome this way of thinking and make myself stick with my workout routine? Oh my gosh. Even with the best of intentions, we all go off course. She's human. Really, truly, really, truly. So um, I would say to Dana, so when we feel like we've totally messed up, we we'll say, oh, we fell off the wagon. And usually with that idea or that concept, it's like, oh, well, there's no point in starting over because can you imagine you fall off a wagon, if you really truly fell off a wagon and the wagon ran over you and you are just like pummeled to the ground and then to try and pull yourself back up on the wagon, that feels impossible, right? So I always like, what I like to recommend is we, we really look at our vocabulary that we're using and to be a little bit more just to be more considerate with ourselves. And so, um, so she didn't say she fell off the wagon, but she feels, she was saying that she feels like it's, oh my gosh, she, she did this, it's too late, she's already messed up, is it really worth it? And I would say use different vocabulary. So we all drift in life. Imagine you're going down a river, you're going down a stream and there's just a little bit of a current. And this river is, you're, you're taking the river to wellness. So you're facing wellness coming down this river. Well, let's just say you drifted and you went to the side of the stream and maybe you didn't work out as much as you wanted to, but guess what? When you have, you've kind of drifted over, it's easy to drift right back into the direction you want to be going in. And that's heading towards wellness. And so for her, it's really what it comes down to is just one decision. And you can only make decisions in the present. So it's not about deciding to go work out tomorrow or starting the next week. It's about deciding what she wants to do right now, today. So if she is on her way to work while listening to this, can she just park farther away so that she gets a little bit more movement in her day? And boom, she's found her flow and she's she's drifted back on course to the direction of wellness. I love it. Oh my gosh. So I have an analogy that I use. I just put it in my next book, but it's basically from if you, if you live at point A and you're trying to get to point B, if you were walking and you took three steps to go to point B and all of a sudden you just stepped one foot backwards, would you go all the way back to point A if your whole goal is to get to point B? It's like, no, absolutely not. If I'm on a walk and I'm trying to go into direction of point B, 
And just because I took one step backwards, a normal person just goes, no big deal. I took one step back. Guess what? I'm going to take three more steps and eventually I'm going to get closer. But if every time you keep going back to point A, you aren't ever going to get to point B. Right. Right. And you might not, you might even go beyond point A, right? Where you usually were with that kind of mindset. I will tell you, I had a friend once and we were working together and she was trying to lose weight for six months and she put on 10 pounds while she was trying to lose weight. And we started talking and diving into things and diving into mindset and diving into her vision, her values, her goals and where she was. And she started to lose weight and she hit the 12 pound mark. And then she said to me, this was after an evening of her kids were eating other foods. She was trying to eat healthy. She ate off of her kids' plates and she had already lost she had already lost a number of pounds, but she said to me, I don't know, is it worth it? It might not be worth it. And I think it was 12 pounds that she had lost. And I said to her, oh my goodness, of course, you know, that's your critic inside that's telling you, you can't do it anymore. It's too hard, but look what you, look what you've done. And just a a few weeks, like maybe two or three months, she's lost those 12 pounds. Whereas before when she tried, she had gained the 10 pounds. And we talked through that mindset and got her through that, that block that she had. And now she's lost 25 pounds. And sometimes I say, remember when you were at the 12 pounds and you thought it's not worth it anymore, but now you're at 25 where you want to be and you're eating delicious, wonderful food and not picking up, picking off a food off of your kids' plates anymore. And so it's crazy because we create these stories in our heads that will really ruin all of our progress and ruin our momentum. And so if we can just be honest with ourselves and say, whoa, 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 what am I doing to myself right now? Because that's clutter also when we create these stories that aren't helping ourselves. Lisa in Cedar Rapids. So I'm thinking about going paleo, but I am a busy mom of four kids. I don't have time to make two separate meals, one for me and one for the kids. Is paleo healthy for my kids? They love milk, cheese, and yogurt. Would I be a terrible mom for making them give it up? I'm already having mom guilt just thinking about it. No, you'd be a wonderful mom. Imagine if you get your kids dialed into food and how, how, uh, I mean, get them dialed in completely. Where does food come from? When you eat certain foods, how do those foods make you feel? Uh, What foods give you energy? What foods make you feel sluggish? My kids are seven and nine. And so we talk, we, and they've been paleo since one was six months and the other was two. So they, you know, this is just a way of life for them. And they, yeah, I will tell you as a mom, it's a lot easier. I make one meal a day that we all share. I am not a special, what is it called? A special order chef or a, yeah right so for this for this mom for Lisa I would say uh you are doing you're gonna this is gonna be the best gift in the world for your kids if you can look at how you are eating if you look at that foundation if you don't don't surprise them though don't just change out the food and not let them know it's gonna happen because then you're gonna get a lot of complaining and so you need to sit down and have a family meeting and talk about food and talk about your family values and be honest and say, hey, maybe the foods that we've been eating, this is kind of how they leave me feeling. I want to feel better. Who here wants to feel better? Have your kids raise their hands, get excited about the process. Have them go to the grocery store with you and have some ownership of getting healthy, beautiful, beautiful food on the plate. Lots of color, lots of rainbow. And 
those kids, you know, they might complain at first, but I will tell you, if the food that you don't want them eating and the food that you don't want to be eating yourself is not in the house, they will adjust. Kids are incredibly adjustable, adaptable, and they will they will also start to see, hmm, I think I feel better eating these foods than those foods. Awesome. Last question, Deborah and Muncie. I'm a 60-year-old grandmother of six beautiful grandkids. I love to take them to the park and run around with them, but lately I've noticed that I don't have as much energy as I used to. Are there any supplements I could take and food that I should be eating for more energy? I want to be able to keep up with the grandkids. Oh, of course you want to keep up with the grandkids because they are like rays of light and just pure happiness. I would say to Deborah to um, go back to basics. So... Health feels so complicated. It really does. And of course, because there's so much marketing out there and money being spent saying this is the right way or that's the right way, it just gets complicated. But we all need to trust our inner intuition and our guidance. And if we just go back to the basics and really address, yes, how we eat, how we live, how we sleep, you will start to feel better. And so for food, If you're really feeling confused, I would say uh, a rule of thumb is always to aim for less is more. And so the fewer the ingredients, probably the better it is for you. Uh, So when you look at the foods that you're eating, aim for whole foods, real foods, vegetables, celery, celery dipped in, in guacamole or whatever it is, but look for real whole foods. Uh, with supplements, I would say talk to your doctor, talk to a nutritionist. There are so many supplements out there. I personally have a, not even a shopping bag of supplements, but a huge garbage bag full of supplements that I have tried. And so that is just a, um, there's a, there are some quality ones out there and some not so good quality ones. And so definitely if you feel like Supplements would add to your life. I would tell you, for me, with autoimmune autoimmune conditions, I always have to be very careful about where my vitamin D is, what my vitamin D level is. Um, But what's going on inside of me is very different than somebody else. You know, with my youngest son, we have to look at his vitamin C. That's something that we're really looking at. And so I would say, try whole foods first and really inundate yourself, immerse yourself in healthy, delicious, amazing foods and smoothies and so forth. And then I would go the supplement route, but talking with a doctor or a dietitian and so forth. And, uh, and then try that route just to kind of fill the holes. You also want to be looking at probiotics. Uh, I, I talk a lot about food. Unfortunately, the soil quality is not, not nearly what it used to be. And so our foods are lacking a lot of vitamins and nutrients that they used to have even just 20, 30, 50 years ago. So it is important to have supplements, but you want to make sure you're getting the right supplements for you. Yeah. And I have a couple of things that I love that give me energy. If you go to my website, ChantelRayWay.com and look at products I love, um, there's a couple things there that I love and I'll put them in the show notes. Um, Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Can you tell listeners a little bit more about where they can follow you and your work? Sure thing. So uh, 
My website is Root of Wellbeing. So just like we like to get to the root cause of somebody's symptoms, when I when I came up with that name, I wanted to get the root to the root cause of well-being. And I knew my happiness came from well-being. And so that's where people can find me, my website, Root of Wellbeing. I am on Facebook and Instagram, the same handles, Root of Wellbeing. And um yeah, if you come to my website, I've got a download, a nice little freebie. It's three ways to simplify weight loss, kind of remove the clutter that is standing between us and how we really truly want to feel and the body and life we truly want to have. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I love that website. It's just that is the key is getting down to the root cause of what's going on with you. So thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.